0: Welcome back to our weekly podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, we're in the final week of a message series called For Better or Worse. Throughout the month of September, we've been learning more about what the Bible says as it relates to marriage. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 32 reminds us that marriage is meant to be a visual illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. Marriage was God's idea, and if we're going to build the kind of marriages that glorify God, That point people to Jesus and are a source of joy in our lives. We need to build our marriages by God's design. To wrap up our series, I'd like to share four practical biblical principles or ingredients that make a healthy marriage. One of my favorite resources for content on marriage and parenting is the ministry Focus on the Family. Aaron Smalley, who serves on staff at Focus on the Family, said this about marriage. Marriage is a lifelong adventure filled with triumphs and defeats, and all married couples will experience different seasons in married life. I appreciate the honesty behind Aaron's words. Marriage is a lifelong adventure. It's a journey that's filled with triumphs and defeats, wins and hard times. This quote reminds me of the Apostle Paul's words in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 28. He wrote, But those who marry will face many troubles in this life, And I want to spare you this. Friends, I don't think it gets any clearer than that. Just like we face trials and troubles in everyday life, we're told that we're going to face trials and troubles in our marriage as well. But even in the difficult seasons, God wants us to grow and learn how to build the kind of marriages that serve as a visual illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. I love how the Old Testament book of Malachi addresses this topic. Malachi chapter 2, verse 15 says, Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? In body and spirit you are his. And what does he want? Godly children from your union. So guard your heart. Remain loyal to the wife of your youth. That word guard, when it says guard your heart, remain loyal to the wife of your youth, that literally means to watch over in order to protect. There's a consistent theme throughout scripture that reminds us that God wants us to be intentional about watching over our marriage in order to protect it. So how can we do this? Well, here are four ingredients that make a healthy marriage. Number one is the ingredient of carefulness. We read about this ingredient in a few places throughout God's word. We'll start with 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. It says, So let the man who feels sure of his standing today be careful That he does not fall tomorrow. Now, this verse is not a call for us to live our lives in fear. We're not to go through each day making decisions based on what ifs or terrible things that could happen. This is like going for a walk and living in constant fear that you're about to get struck by lightning. Is getting struck by lightning possible? Absolutely. But with odds of around one in a million, it's not a reason to stay indoors. Feeling sure of your standing today. And being careful that you don't fall tomorrow means making adequate preparations for the journey ahead, and then proceeding carefully, but not fearfully. It's being careful about guarding your marriage against potential dangers. It's staying alert in your marriage. The Apostle Peter put it this way in First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. He says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Now, Peter is addressing Christians. This verse and the context around it reminds us that we have an enemy who is actively working against us. A growing Christian is one of the devil's greatest threats, but a growing godly marriage is an even greater threat. If God is at the center of your marriage, if you're focused on building your marriage by God's design, you can expect that the devil will be working to destroy it. God's word tells us that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. So we have to stay alert in our marriages. We have to be careful not to fall. We have to be intentional about guarding our marriages against spiritual attacks from the enemy. One of the best ways that you can add the ingredient of carefulness is by giving your marriage what I like to call regular spiritual checkups with your spouse Talk about what kind of influences you're allowing into your home. What movies are you watching? What TV shows are you watching? Who are you spending the bulk of your time with? Remember, show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. What are you spending your money on? And how's work affecting your marriage? As you give your marriage regular spiritual checkups, also talk about how you're going to be intentional about removing the things that don't help your marriage. And this can be really challenging, but with God's help, And with the support of other Christian couples around you, you can refocus and reprioritize your marriage. It's easy for Christian couples to get so busy throughout the week that we forget about the importance of carefulness. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 23 says, Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds. So married couples, Know the condition of your flock. Give your marriage regular spiritual checkups and give careful attention to your herds. This ingredient of carefulness is so important. The second ingredient is the ingredient of hard work. Healthy marriages don't form overnight and they can't be developed and enjoyed without the ingredient of hard work. Colossians chapter three, verses 23 through 24, the apostle Paul said, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart As working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So, Paul's instruction here, again, is for Christian homes. Whatever you're doing, whether it be working, spending time with family or friends, navigating a difficult season in life, or serving, you're to work at it with all your heart because you're actually working for the Lord. Healthy marriages aren't formed overnight or by each person giving only 50%. Healthy marriages are formed when Christ is at the center and when each person decides that they're going to give 100%. None of us can control what our spouse does or what they say, but we can control our own actions. And choosing to include the ingredient of hard work is one of the most important things that you can do to build a strong and healthy marriage. Think about your marriage like a bank account. If your bank account is going to grow, you have to make regular deposits, and it's the same in your marriage. You have to regularly invest or put in the hard work if your marriage is going to grow. A great question to ask yourself today is this, what have I done to invest in my marriage lately? For my wife and I, we've decided to do a few things consistently. One example is having an hour of guarded time together in the evening. Sometimes we get more than that. Once we put the kids to bed, we'll rent a movie, we'll watch some TV, we'll go on a walk together, or just talk. And that one hour of guarded time has done so much for our marriage, especially when work is hard or when it's been a challenging season. Another thing that we like to do is ask each other this question. How's your love tank doing? How's your love tank doing? You know, just like our cars need gas to drive, our marriages need certain things if they're going to thrive. Asking how your spouse's love tank is doing, what they need to be filled up, is a great question to ask. This can help you meet their needs in ways that only you can. I also have to think about more spontaneous ways that I can invest in my marriage. Now, I like to have a plan where my wife likes to be spontaneous, so this is hard for me. But I've come to learn that being spontaneous is a great way to work hard in your marriage, even if it's not comfortable. Think about what your spouse likes what his or her hobbies are, or what brings them joy and rest, and then invest in your marriage by doing those things for them. Strong marriages do not happen overnight. They're built one brick at a time as we work hard for the glory of God and the good of the other person. So work hard at building a healthy marriage. If we learn to work hard in our marriages in the way that God calls us to, I believe this principle will become second nature. Number three is the ingredient of communication. The Ingredient of Communication. In his book, Lasting Love, Alistair Begg wrote this about the ingredient of communication. He said, Before I was married, I would lie awake at night thinking of all my fiancé had told me that evening. Now that I'm married, I fall asleep before my wife has stopped talking. (laughs) I thought that was kind of funny. You know, we laugh at things like this, but I think it hits close to home for a lot of couples. Research tells us that one of the top reasons behind extramarital affairs— is that one person stopped listening and communicating with their spouse, but was a good listener to someone else. If we lose the will to listen in our marriage, we'll eventually lose the will to talk. And if communication goes out the window, a marriage has little chance to survive. James chapter 1, verse 19, this is a truth that relates to every kind of relationship that we have, but especially our marriages. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen Slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Learning to listen and communicate openly and honestly is essential to all human relationships, but it's especially important if we're going to build the kind of marriages that glorify God. Now, for the men, this isn't always easy. You know, we're not great at doing more than one thing at a time. If you're watching the game and you're trying to talk with your wife at the same time, chances are the game is going to win. So sometimes we need to remove the distractions that tend to get in the way of communication with our spouse. I often get so distracted with temporal things that I miss the important conversation right in front of me. This is easy to do because we like to make our own distractions. We think we have to have a screen everywhere we look. There are screens above us, in front of us, on our wrists, and in our hands. For many of us, we put screens in all directions so that we don't actually have to engage in human-to-human conversation. One of the best ways to love and serve your spouse is to be a listening ear and prioritize the ingredient of clear and honest communication. Men, if your excuse for poor communication is, but that's just the way I am, I have a truth bomb for you today. You're right in thinking or saying this because we're all sinful people, we all fall short, but the truth bomb is that this is not the way that God wants you to be. If you'll confess this to him, If you'll put to practice what his word says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Being a poor listener and a poor communicator does not have to be your future. With God's help, any consistent patterns of poor behavior can be replaced with holy habits and actions. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 24, um, highlights the change that's possible when God is in our lives. It says, with the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus, And have learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. This passage is a powerful reminder of the life change that's possible when a person follows Jesus. If the ingredient of communication is important to God, and it clearly is when we read his word, then God wants to help you put it into practice within the context of your marriage. Practice does not make perfect, but it does make progress. Put this ingredient to practice and see how God blesses your marriage. Number four, this is the final ingredient for today. It's the ingredient of sacrifice, the ingredient of sacrifice. I was on the wrestling team from 6th grade through 10th grade. I've played several sports, football, basketball, and baseball, and I'm convinced that wrestling is by far the hardest. A lot of people start wrestling because they don't want to participate on a team, and they believe that wrestling is a good option for an individual sport. This may be true when you're younger, but when you wrestle in middle school and high school, it's very much a team sport. Now, I had to cut weight a lot. I wrestled at 135 pounds, and I walked around weighing 145 to 150 pounds. Um, I would go days at a time with minimal food and water in order to make weight. Now, this didn't happen very often, but one of the most frustrating things that I experienced was having to cut weight and then being told by my coach that I was being moved up a weight class so that we could fill the roster for a duel against another team. Now, if we had two guys who weighed the same, so if two guys weighed 135 pounds, and then we had an empty weight class at 140 pounds, it only made sense that someone went up so that every spot could be filled. When this happened to me, when I was the one that had to move up, I was furious. But now that I'm an adult, I have a better perspective on what my coach was trying to do. You know, wrestling is a team sport, and he wanted to give our team the best chance to win. By spreading people out and filling every weight class, We always had a chance. We had to learn how to sacrifice for the good of the team. How does this relate to marriage? Some of the greatest joys in marriage come out of the sacrifices husbands and wives are willing to make for each other. Being willing to move up or down a weight class for the advancement of the team is what it takes to build a healthy marriage. Turning from what's natural, which his selfishness and pride towards what honors God, which is sacrifice and servanthood, is an essential ingredient in all healthy marriages. I'll share two passages with you that only scratch the surface on what God's word has to say about this truth. Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40. This is the great commandment. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. And then Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 11 says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God... That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Friends, submission is servanthood. Serving your spouse takes sacrifice. It requires denying self, taking up your cross, and following Jesus. I'd like for you to ask yourself this question today What have I done in the last seven days that was an act of sacrifice on my part for the sake of? of my spouse? This can be an uncomfortable question, but it can also remind us about what's truly important. Longtime Dallas Theological Seminary professor, a guy by the name of Howard Hendricks, highlighted the importance of sacrifice in marriage when he wrote this. He said, many people are in love only with themselves. The smallest package in all the world is the person who is all wrapped up with himself. But in true love, A person thinks more of the happiness of others than he does himself. If a young man can come into marriage with his paramount passion in life to completely satisfy his wife, and if the girl can come into marriage with her sole exclusive purpose, the satisfaction of her husband, and both are sold out to satisfying Jesus Christ, then you have the ingredients for an ideal Christian marriage. Now, this is a longer quote, but I felt like it was worth reading. If we're gonna build the kind of marriages that glorify God and act as a visual illustration of the way Christ and the church are one, then sacrifice has to be a daily ingredient. Look for ways to sacrifice for your spouse. And if you don't know where to start, ask them how their love tank is doing and what you can do to serve and sacrifice for them. So four ingredients that build a healthy marriage. Number one, the ingredient of carefulness. Number two, The ingredient of hard work. Number three, the ingredient of communication. And finally, number four, the ingredient of sacrifice. Now, this is not an exhaustive list, but I think it's a great place to start. Whether your marriage is better than it's ever been or it's in a very fragile place, there's something here for everyone. The main thing is to keep God at the center. Trust his leading in your life and decide to take the position of a servant. Submission is servanthood. And all healthy marriages require servanthood.